It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, and another jam-packed episode of Lockdown Avalanche for you today. Today, we will be discussing uh, some brief Avalanche news, uh, some updates on a couple injured players, which there are obviously several of them. Um, we're going to get into our three stars of the week for last week, and who I thought uh, is deserving of that award, as if anybody really cares too much about what I have to say about that, but. See if you disagree or, dis- or disagree or agree. Uh, we're definitely going to get into the Nick Foligno uh, suspension, which came down today, um, and kind of go over the play in and of itself. Again, um, it, I think because there's so many injuries within the Avalanche, uh, this one kind of it, it could have been avoided. So it kind of makes us that much a little bit more salty because we have another player down on something that should really not have happened. Uh, we're going to talk about the lines um, that Coach Bednar has uh, kind of entrusted in his top line. Uh, we're going to discuss that a little bit. And we're going to look ahead to the Winnipeg game. So uh, kind of a jam-packed show. Before we get into all that, obviously we're going to bring up our social media, how you can stay in contact with me, Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche, Instagram, LockedOnAvalanche, Gmail, LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Follow, comment, email, do whatever you got to do to be a part of it. Um, we're going to do some mailbags once we get some uh, listener emails in and kind of get you guys a part of the show. <coughs> um, all right, so some news we have going on right now. Um, some minor things, obviously, with the injuries. Uh, Avalanche had to call up a couple players. Logan O'Connor and Ian Cottonen, uh have both been called up. O'Connor, uh, defenseman. Through 12 games, um, he has three goals and five assists. And uh, Ian Connaughton, through 11 games, has three assists. So um, a lot of guys being called up, and it makes sense with all the injuries, obviously. So uh, we don't know. They're, they're not in the line sheet for uh, tonight's game against Winnipeg. So we'll see what their role, role will be and in what capacity and for how long. But... It's always good when you see these young players. It's been well documented how um, how loaded the Avs are in their minor leagues. Well, they don't like to call it minor leagues, the AHL. Um, so it's good to get these guys up, get them some experience, and not only some experience, but uh, relevant experience. They're they're a team that's expected to win, and they have to kind of have that next man up mentality with all the injuries that they have if they are called upon. So we'll see. Um, some positive stuff with some injuries. Um, Nikita Zadorov, excuse me, Nikita Zadorov and Miko Rantanen both took part in skating uh, today. Uh, Zadorov, a little bit heavier load, 
then Rantanen. Rantanen just took part in like a morning skate, and there's video of him um, not cutting so much, like on a dime, um, but kind of uh, taking laps around the ice at a pretty good pace, and on each end of the ice taking some shots at net. Um, he was he was cutting, but not you know those dead hockey stops and going in another direction. But um, that injury is not something I think I can ever get out of my mind. So, um, you know, just I know I'd still be laid up. Um, but the fact that he's just skating is obviously a positive. Zadorov, <clears throat> you knew it wasn't going to be long for him to get back on the ice. He's just a, a, a machine. And he had the full face mask on with the chin guard um, and taking slap shots. Like, it didn't phase him. So I think we'll get him back sooner than later. Um, but still both really positive signs to see, uh, both those guys back on the ice. Zadorov relatively quickly, Rantanen skating around. Um, and based on that, the short video that I saw was only like a 30, 40 second clip. Um, I would say maybe another, hopefully, and this is maybe being optimistic, another week, two at the most. And I think we'll get him back in the lineup, which obviously can only help. Um, so moving on, I figured I would do on Mondays, uh, like a three stars of the week for the week prior. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to name this kind of like the three stars, not named Nathan, because it would be so easy to give McKinnon the number one star each and every week. Um, unless somebody just had a, a mind blowing week, which Someone came close this week. I don't think it's going to be any surprise who the number one star is, but I think how I'm going to do this is three stars, not named Nathan, um, and that is not a knock on him whatsoever. I think you guys would understand why I would do that. Let's give some of these other guys some some publicity. So um, third star, I went with Pavel Francis. I think... Stepping up in, you know, a backup goalie role when your uh, number one has gone out for obviously a injury and the man behind you is an unproven uh, rookie that really has no experience whatsoever. So if you're not on, you're sending someone in that who knows it could just get worse from there or it could get better. You never know in that situation, but um, having that person behind you that is as unproven, um, I think the way he played was fantastic. Now, it was an easy game against Nashville um, on the surface, but those games are not easy to goaltend. When you have that much of a lead, you don't want to be known as a guy to give up a goal, and if you give up a kind of like a chintzy goal here or there and they get right back in the game, hockey can turn around pretty quickly. Um, so for him to stay uh, focused in that game was great. Um, and then the second game, um, which, you know, it was a, a little bit, I don't want to say easier for him. They're never easy games, but because Colorado was in such control. And the two goals he gave up against the Blue Jackets, um, I, they, they were stoppable and they kind of just trickled past him. They were kind of, you know, somewhat lucky goals. So I think he did a fantastic job. Um, second star's got to go to Jonas Donskoy for the hat trick. You have to give him credit for that. He's played fantastic um, right up up until this point of the season. Hopefully he can keep it going. We're going to get into him a little bit later when we talk about the lines that have changed since uh, 
Landis Scott and Renton uh, have gone out. But he definitely is deserving of the number two. And the number one, of course, has to go to Kale McCarr. Um, he's just he's, – he's as as advertised. Everything that we expected from him, we've gotten and, and then some. Um, six points total, three goals, three assists. Um, and you almost forget, like, the, the first game of last week when they played Dallas and they – that was their fifth loss in a row. You know, they did have a goal and he was a part of it. Um, you know, and even aside from that, the two-goal effort against Columbus and then the other points against the uh, Predators, an absolutely fantastic week for him. Uh, and he was the third star overall in the NHL that they hand out weekly. Um, and just to give you an idea of what he is, is doing right now, this is who he's tied for um, in points. He has 17 points so far this season. And this is who he's tied with. Patrice Bergeron, Mark Scheifele, Elias Lindholm, Johnny Goudreau, Sidney Crosby, and Roman Yossi. I don't need to tell you, number one, who the defenders are on that list. There's two. And just those names that I listed off, that's incredible company that you're in as a rookie and as a defender. Will he stay there? Who knows? I mean, but right now I don't, I don't, I'm not going to go down that road because what he's going to do at the end of the season we expect him to you know, be a big part of this team this year for the foreseeable future. But what he's doing right now is all that matters. And what he's doing right now is, is something that we really have not seen in a rookie. Um, he's up for the task each and every day. He's had to come be that fill-in guy um, in terms of superstardom um, with Landis Gog and ranting it out. And it's just been amazing to watch. He, he, he you know... Nathan McKinnon is like the power speed guy, and uh, Kale McCarr is that smooth operator and deceptively fast. Just the way he when 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 McKinnon is skating, you you just see it. You're like, wow, that's a power skater. And when McCarr is skating, he just glides effortlessly, and he's just as fast. It's uh, it's something to watch, and it's we're all lucky that we're watching it. My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code PS20. Easy feeling wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. 
For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so as we move into the Nick Felino suspension and hit on Belmar, still, you know, a little upset over this one because everybody wants to say Felino is a, a good guy and this is not him. Um, and that's true. Uh, but in my opinion, if, if that's the player that you are, then – I'm almost of the the mind that they should come down harder on you because maybe you maybe knowing that is your reputation, you might feel like you can get away with something like this. Um, and and I'm not saying that's where his head was at. Hockey's a quick game, but um, I'm gonna let him explain. This was right after the game, um, and if you haven't heard this, this is him talking to the media um, about the hit. So let's just play this quick, and then we'll get back into it. I actually didn't know I hit him in the head at all uh, when I went. That's why I was kind of reacting the way I did, and I saw the replay, and there was no intent to hit him like that at all. I mean, I think he, you know, I'm trying to line him up at the time, and then he kind of turns back and makes that play, and it just happened so fast, and I felt, you know, sick to my stomach when I saw that I hit him in the head, and, um, you know, it's just it's an unfortunate, like, collision almost, and uh, my main concern is that he's just all right, and I, I got word from the, their locker room that he's, he's feeling all right, so... Um, yeah, it just sucks. Did you look up and see if you're playing the board or how yeah. did you? Yeah, okay. I, I, honestly, originally I just thought it was a collision. Like I, I fell over him and I didn't even think I got him. And, uh, you know, I was trying to avoid him, to be honest with you, once he made that move back. And it's just too bad. It's felt like another frustrating thing for you guys in terms of lots of shots and not a lot of finish. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the tale of this game. It seems like we had our opportunities, and, you know, you hate putting your team down five minutes like I did. And, you know, it just it, it sucks when you feel like you're doing some good things and, and don't get rewarded, but we got to find a way to fight through it. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be the tale of the tape. It's just, you know, we keep saying this over and over again. we got to find a way to get goals and timely goals and, and big plays and, and big moments. And, uh, you know, our, our goaltending has been outstanding. Corpy's played so well for us. It's, uh, it's time we give him some run support. This can be tough for, to predict, but do you suspect you'll hear from the league about the hit? I don't know. I'm not going to go there. I mean, I, 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 my main concern is that he's all right, and, and sounds like he's feeling all right, not too bad. And um, yeah, it just sucks. I've never been in this situation before in 13 years I played, so uh, it's a hard one for me. I never want to hurt anyone. Yeah, yeah. I asked one of the attendants here, so. I'm not, you know, I don't have to tell you guys. I think my, my track record speaks for itself. I would never maliciously try to hurt somebody. It made, it made me sick. I'm still sick to my stomach the way it kind of went down. But, I mean, that's the way this game goes sometimes. It happens so fast. And I, my, my main concern is that he's okay. Um, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. All right. So, clearly he feels bad about it and he's sick to his stomach. And I get that. I agree with that. I would, too. My question is if it kind I mean he kind of made it seem like it wasn't intentional. Again, I'm not going to say he intended to really hurt him the way he did, but he intended to do some harm. I mean, you're doing an open ice hit. The guy clearly is not looking in your direction. You know he's not looking in your direction cuz you are sizing him up. Um and your if you watch the replay, 
his skates, they're going in one direction. They're going to the left. And he stops and pivots, and, and, and his skates turn to into Belmar. So he was deliberately trying to hit him uh, just based on the way his skates are going. He, he, he shaves some ice and goes right into him. And number two, you're, you're, you hit him with your elbow, and your elbow was comes straight up to your head. Where do you think your, your elbow is going to connect when your elbow is at your head length with someone else's head? It's not rocket science to figure that out. So um, I think just based on, on those two factors, three factors, knowing you know that you saw him clear as day. It wasn't he, you, you were he turned and, and you were right there. You, you saw him from your vantage point um, and the play was not, not a fast moving play. It was a, you know a regular speed play. and you had a good charge on him um, and you could have, you could have let up. Um, the Superman flying through the air. Well, that, and, you know, you did leave the ice too. Uh, you kind of flew through the air because you got tripped up, um, completing the hit. I guess if you want to say, but I'm not so worried about that. I am concerned about leaving both of your skates with your elbow up in the air and turning towards him. I was expecting uh, four games. Uh, came down that they gave him three. Um, and I'm, I'm all right with that. You know, and like I said, can you take his history or lack thereof of being, a, you know, a, a goon or anything like that? He's not that type of player. That's fine. Then I would expect more from you if you're not that type of player, the way that this play went down. So that's just my take on it. I, and, and, and I'm not this type of person because it happened to my team. I'm a little bit more fired up about it. I am the the person. Does not matter who it happens to. Um, if it if I get mad at Zadorov all the time for doing bonehead things, and when he does them this year, because he will, it will be called out. So just know that too. Um, I'm gonna play the Department of Player Safety video for you here as well, um, and their breakdown of uh, how they came to the conclusion of giving Felino the three game suspension. So here's that. Saturday night in Colorado, Blue Jackets forward Nick Foligno was assessed a major penalty and game misconduct for an illegal hit on Avalanche forward Pierre-Edouard Belmar that knocked him from the game and caused an injury. As the video shows, Belmar takes an indirect pass off the boards from a teammate. He circles through the neutral zone as Foligno steps up with speed to challenge from his defensive end. As Belmar dumps the puck, Foligno continues towards him and attempts to make contact, extending his elbow and making direct contact with Belmar's jaw. This is elbowing. It is important to note that Foligno is in control of this contact. This is an attempted body check and cannot be classified as excusable or accidental contact where Foligno raises his arm reflexively to brace for sudden contact or to attempt to avoid a collision. If he wants to deliver this hit, the onus is on Felino to ensure that he takes an angle of approach that puts him in a position to make a legal full body check. Instead, having taken an angle which has him lined up outside of Belmar's body, Felino extends his elbow to avoid missing the check entirely. This results in Felino's elbow hitting Belmar's jaw directly and with force. To summarize, this is elbowing. Belmar suffered an injury on the play. 
Foligno has been fined once during his 858-game NHL career. The Department of Player Safety has suspended Nick Foligno for three games. All right, so that's where we're at. Um, there's you know, no need to keep harping over this. I just hadn't really done a, a full segment on it. I figured I'd just put my two cents in. I don't disagree with the suspension. Three games is fine. Um, and Belmar is day-to-day right now. So they said uh, he, he was doing better is what we got out of Coach Bednar. And that's all you can really hold for. Just keep doing that, but concussions are a dangerous thing. He's got to go through that concussion protocol, and then uh, we'll we'll see from there. So who knows? All right. Anyway, going on to um, getting into more of uh, today and uh, the game tonight. Um, right now, I kind of want to talk about the, the new first line that the Avalanche have. There's a really good article in The Atlantic um, that kind of talks about um, what the Avalanche have settled on as their – their top line um they kind of played around and they had to do it quickly to kind of play around with different lines and they've settled on mckinnon calvert and donskoy and you know we're not here to talk about who, who can replace mckinnon or excuse me rantanen and um landis because that's not going to happen but what you have to do is find something comparable in terms of production and i think they found it in these three and there's a number of reasons why this is big um so far, like the, the article gets really into detail about how they these three have to play differently than the big three. The big three can just rely on their skill, their size, their speed, and really do damage that way. Um, with Calvert and Donskoy, you have to kind of play to their strengths as well as Nathan McKinnon's because McKinnon can do anything at any time during the game. And when you have the big three with Ranton and Landeskog on the ice, you know, Landeskog is just, he's going to park himself in front of the net and he's going to do the dirty work while McKinnon does his thing and Rantanen does his thing. Now you have to have Calvert and Donskoy basically do what Landeskog does. So you have two guys doing what one guy does because neither one of them can really do what Miko Rantanen does. Uh, you know, Renton is a skilled player, and Donskoy says flat out, I can't make those shots. I'm not built that way. So he kind of had to learn how to um, really play in front of the ice and, and kind of pick up these garbage goals. Um, and, and he had to learn how to do that, and I think that's where he's excelling. Calvert does that anyway. So it was kind of a natural thing for him to jump on this line. Um, and what they're doing is they're, they're getting the puck in deep, and I said on another show they're um, – even the defenders are not just getting to the blue line or center ice, dumping it in, chasing. They are carrying it as far as they can, and then they're leaving it up to Calvert and Donskoy to win their battle. That's what it comes down to, is winning the battle in the corners, behind the net, um, along the side. Get it out to McKinnon where he can do what he, whatever he can do, because they're going to double McKinnon, double and triple and maybe put all five guys on him if they can. Who knows? But... Um, they're going to double McKinnon, so if they get it down deep, they have to win their battle, kick it out to him, and he at least has a shot, uh, a quality shot in the slot, uh, you know, maybe near the dots, where he can get it on goal and, uh, you know, with his accuracy, either score or if not, if they get a nice juicy rebound, they have two guys there that can clean it up. 
it's working to perfection right now. Um, and it's, it's something that obviously worked in the Nashville game. It took a little bit to get going in that Nashville game, and it worked again in Columbus. So um, it's something to watch for tonight, and I don't know how you really stop it because you, you have to have eyes on McKinnon at all times. The only way you can stop it is if Calvert and Donskoy don't win those battles um, along the boards. That's really all you can do because if they win it and they're able to kick it out to McKinnon and he's got some ice, uh, just a little bit of daylight, he's going to take advantage of it. He's just insanely skilled, as we all know. Um, this is also big for Britain. I, you don't have to break up this this the big three line when Rantanen and Landis got come back. But if you remember last year, once teams kind of figured out how to play the big three Coach Bednar split them up, and they really had to get creative in that way. And it just didn't work well. Um, at times it did. But if they have to do that now, if if teams are on to the big three where Bednar has to make some changes, now he knows he can go to this line and, and run this out and still get production when you move uh, Landis Gog and Rantanen to another line. And that just makes his team even all the more dangerous. This is where that depth came in that everybody was talking about that we needed. And even with all the injuries that they have right now, they're still producing. They had that, yeah, that five-game skid is what it is. But, again, like that was building up to what we have now, which is this line really producing. Um, so and I think, again, it just shows you how underrated – Jared Bednar is as a coach and I understand that he's young he hasn't been in the league for very long um, this is his only NHL coaching gig but it's stuff like this that just make you you appreciate this hire for him figuring out stuff like this it's not it's not like you know brain surgery but uh, he knows the players and like any coach should and he knows what would work in what line, and he's patient with it, and he gives it time because he knows if these guys can play to their strengths, it would work. There'd be no reason why it shouldn't work. And he's the perfect guy because he's calm, cool, collected. He lets it play out, and we have a a great secondary big three right now. We're not going to go as far as call them the big three. Let's not kid ourselves, but um, they are they are holding the fort down, waiting until we get the big guns back. So. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to watch. So watch for it tonight too. It's going to happen. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get into a little bit about the Winnipeg game tonight. But first, um, I kind of wanted to bring up our sponsor in DoorDash. Um, if you guys know me, I, I host another show uh, called The Enthusiast Life with a good friend of mine, Mark Turcott, and that really my one love is hockey my other love is uh geek culture things like star wars and marvel comics and all that fun stuff and uh on november 12th the disney plus streaming service finally is available so much so i'm so excited for that that i took the day off from work and if i want to watch whatever i want to watch in the disney world i can do that and i don't have to leave if i'm hungry because i can order from DoorDash, because DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city. Ordering is super easy. 
Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite as well. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order your order from your fav- your local go-tos or choose your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Wendy's Chick-fil-A, Cheesecake Factory. I don't have time to list all 3,300. Or excuse me, I don't have this time, 340,000 in those 3,300 cities. Uh, so just don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. And right now our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app, enter the promo code Locked On. That's $5 off off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code Locked On. Don't forget that promo code Locked On, L O C K E D O N, for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. And maybe you want to order some food for the Avalanche game against Winnipeg tonight on Tuesday. Um, and. Talking about some lines that we have, we were just talking about the lines in the uh, previous section. Um, the lines for tonight, let's bring them up here. Obviously, Donskoy, McKinnon, and Calvert, Nechuskin, Kadri, and Comfer, Nieto, Jost, and Bukarovsky, and the fourth line. This is where it might get a little interesting. Tynan, Kamenev, and Menga. Mm, some inexperience there on the fourth line. So, um, That'll be interesting. Obviously, Gerard and Johnson on the defense. Graves, McCarr, Cole, Barbario. Um, they do have Zadorov on here. Obviously, he's not going to play. Uh, Grubauer is listed as uh, the number one. So um, I think he's back. Obviously, he um, made the trip. So um, whether or not he's going to play tonight, I you know, if they give him another night off, I think Francois has kind of maybe earned another start. But if Grubauer is ready to go, you put Grubauer in. Uh, Winnipeg is starting to play a little bit better. Uh, right now their record is at 10-7-1. They have, like the Avalanche, they've won their last two, um, but they have points in their last five. So they're playing much better. Um, so, you know, if you add all those wins and overtime losses up, uh, they're a single point behind Colorado, and this division is getting a little bit more tighter. I think in the very beginning of the season people were thinking it wasn't all it's cracked up to be. And I think it's coming around as as it usually is one of the more difficult divisions in hockey. Even Chicago is starting to play a lot better. Minnesota is terrible. Um, they're going to be terrible this year anyway. Um, but yeah, Col- uh, excuse me, Chicago's starting to come around. So it's beginning to be the division that we all know it to be in a very uh, tight race. That's going to go obviously down to the wire. So big game. Um, like I said, Colorado is uh, up by a point. They also do have a game in hand. Winnipeg has played one extra game um, in terms of how many Colorado has played. Um, And Winnipeg can score, but they also give up a lot of goals. They are kind of middle of the pack for goals four with 51, but they've given up more goals than they've gotten. So they're kind of in the lower tier. They've given up 54. So um, it should be, you know... it's a division game, so these are always the best ones. Um, Avs are going to do what they do. Winnipeg can give up goals, and Avalanche can score them. So um, we'll see where this one goes. It should be a, a, a fast-paced, hard-hitting game, even with Zadorov not in there. 
So um, that's it for today, guys. Enjoy, enjoy the game. Uh, first game of five on the road for Colorado. And just a reminder, if you want to uh, listen to this Lockdown Podcast or any Lockdown Podcast, you can do through do so through your smart devices. Just say the action word. I don't want to say them because I have them around me. And just say play Locked On Avalanche. And it'll play the most current episode. Uh, I just think that's an awesome feature that we have. So once again, follow me on social media. On Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, Locked On Avalanche. Send emails to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow me on the enthusiast life if you are into that geek world like i am and uh tell me if you're getting disney plus and what you're going to watch on it so that's it for now guys here's jovi go abs go